Something New is supported by listeners like you. Visit joelbnew.com, click the support button on the podcast page, and help us continue to grow, thrive, and be a part of the creative conversation. Hello, dear listeners. Welcome to Season 5, Episode 2 of Something New. I'm Joel B. New. How are you guys doing? How have you been? It's already been two weeks since the Season 5 premiere. Can you believe that? I cannot. Um, Thank you all so much for tuning in and uh, listening to my first interview with Marcus Monroe. Such a cool guy, right? Before we get to today's episode, I just wanted to uh, make one correction from Episode 501. Um, As I was encouraging you all to uh, contact your local uh, congresspeople and senators, I actually mispronounced the name of one of my senators, uh, which I'm very embarrassed about. Um, It's actually Kirsten Gillibrand, not Gillibrand. Um, I, I was corrected because I actually called into her office because there was an issue that I felt very passionate about and wanted to make my voice heard, and they answered the phone, Gillibrand. I was like, oh, good to know. Wish I had known that before I recorded an episode of my podcast and let everyone know I don't know how to pronounce my own senator's name. But you know what? Could be worse. And I learned. And maybe that will now encourage you all to call your senators and to at least make sure that you know how to pronounce their names. So so thank you. So sorry about that. In other news, uh, this season, BroadwayWorld.com is getting a week-long exclusive link to the video portion of our episodes. So if you're listening to this um, during the first week of its release, if you want to take a look at um, the amazing Kate Lumpkin performing today's song, then you have to go uh, find the link on Broadway World uh, through their press release, um, through any of the links that I'll be sharing out. uh, Those will be via broadwayworld.com. So that's pretty cool. Since last we spoke... Um, I have revamped joelbnew.com dramatically. Um, it's a completely uh, different creature um, with new pages, new photos, new layout. Uh, Cabot Cove has its own dedicated page. If you want to purchase sheet music to my work, uh, there's a link right there, and that'll take you directly to repertoire.com so you can buy that. Uh, there's a new projects page. Um, there's The podcast has its own dedicated page got a huge makeover and i'm super proud of it and i encourage you all to check it out and tell your friends okay that about wraps things up i am going to get you over to the interview with my new dear friend kate lumpkin who is a terrific up-and-coming casting director and um, a wonderful professional fairy godmother which i will let her explain and then we will premiere a brand new song that i wrote for her accompanied by the amazing gillian berkowitz And if you want to watch their performance, you can find that on broadwayworld.com. Again, thank you so much for tuning into something new. And without further ado, here is episode 502 with Kate Lumpkin. Kate Lumpkin, thank you so much for meeting with me today. Hey, thanks. Thank you for having me. Yeah, of course. Um, We are meeting on a, a day of all days on Valentine's Day. Happy Valentine's Happy Day. Happy Valentine's Day. It's oh. because our loves are both working. That's true. So, <laughs> so, so, so what are we going to do? We're going to work. Great. Yeah. Work. <laughs> yes. Um, let's see. I want to start with a quote. Great. If I may. Sure. That I found on katelumpkin.com. Which Kate should... Dash Lumpkin. Oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> the Dash. What was, what was your decision with the Dash? Um... I don't know. I think Kate Lumpkin was taken. Was taken. Maybe by me. My equity name is Catherine Lumpkin. So I had owned Catherine Lumpkin for a long time. And when I decided that I wasn't really a Catherine, I had to find Kate Lumpkin. I think it was already taken. Gotcha. Yeah. Gotcha. Unfortunately. Was it Catherine Iony or with a Y? R-Y-N. Yes. Mm -hmm. That's how it should be spelled. I agree. Yeah. And luckily, they did it for me. Hey. Thanks, parents. (laughs) Well done. (laughs) So I was on Kate Dash Lumpkin. Oh no! What if Kate Lumpkin's like a porn site or something? I think it's actually another actress. This girl who went to Ball State is named Katie Lumpkin, and I think she owns KateLumpkin.com. 
Have you tried to buy it from her? No. Yeah. Kate Dash Lumpkin is killing it. It's it. Is, you're doing fine. I don't mean to <laughs> criticize your website before I even get to this quote. There's a quote. Kate-Lumpkin.com. Um, she goes, and I quote, So many people decide to go into acting because they believe that it is the only foray into the world of entertainment. That is simply not true. And I could not agree more with that statement. It's the impetus behind something new um, to introduce people to these different facets of people's life. The people mm-hmm. who came from a performance background or are still pursuing that but are all but also are pursuing something else. And um and that's why I have you on the show today. Hey, Kate Lumpkin. Yeah, I mean I I wrote it and I mean it. Um I think when we're younger and we are experiencing the arts in the way that they're portrayed in the media and when people talk about it, the only jobs people talk about are being an actor or being a director. And those are the most important awards at the end of award ceremonies that we watch. And and I think so many people forget that it takes thousands of other people to make that art happen and to make those opportunities happen. And so a huge part of the work that I want to do is to sit down with people who are creatives who are artists who want to be actors directors and and work with them dig deep with them and figure out is this the only thing that you want to do is there another way for your gifts to uh, to bring your gifts to the forefront of your life and to serve the community in a better perhaps more healthy way for some people or a way to make more money for some people um, just a way to live a better more full life and so a lot of the work that I do with my clients is is doing that is sitting down with them and saying what are some of your, of your other passions? What are um, some of the things that make you thrilled to be alive? How can we put those into a part of your life that becomes your work? Um, and a lot of that is college kids that I work with because yeah. nobody in collegiate departments really talks about other opportunities. Do you find people are forthcoming with telling you about these other passions or are they hesitant or the greatest thing about my job that I have learned in in terms of my job so I do a lot of things one of them is casting the other is clearly this kind of one-on-one work with people that I do um my professional fairy godmother Ness yes um the greatest thing that I have learned is most of what I do is sit and listen to people tell me exactly what they want and then just repeat it back to them because they will verbalize so many things and not hear themselves say it. And then I literally just say, so what I'm hearing you say is Mm -hmm. blah, 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 blah. Um, And for some reason, people have the ability, for some reason, people are very vulnerable and open with me, and I'm very grateful that they feel um, compelled to be that way. And so, yeah, I think people are very forthcoming about what their other passions are. The problem is they don't know how to turn those passions into a life. And Mm. that is what I try to help people do is to say, okay, well, these are the things you want. How can we create active steps for you to turn that into a business or to use that in in the audition room and actually book more jobs? Or, oh, you love working at that restaurant more than just like it's your quote unquote day job. How can we make your art and your love for restaurants merge? Um, And that's the trickiest part. People know what they like. They just don't know how to make a life out of what they like. And that's what I that's what I like to help people do. I love it. Yeah. Um, and that's something that you've done for yourself. Yeah. You know, you sat yourself down, I don't know, how how long ago or how, I guess at what point in your journey did you sit down with yourself and say, hey, maybe, maybe my, my heart is telling me to go somewhere else within this world? Yeah, I was having a really, really interesting conversation about that yesterday. Yeah. With um, the divine Sherry Sanders and Mr. Matt Roden of Broadway.com. I love Sherry Sanders. Sherry Sanders is a genius. And we were chatting about um, finding your power. And I had a real realization a couple years ago, probably about five years ago now, that anytime I walked into an audition room, I could never find my power. The only time I find my power in an audition room is when I'm walking straight to the other side of the table. And that was a huge turning point for me because I love the work that I do now. I love creating opportunities for people. I love sitting in a room and having people in a constant stream sharing their gifts with me every day. It is the best job in the world. Um, For someone like me, who's like a total theater nerd and is like, what are they going to sing next? Like, (laughs) I love my job. And so, like, probably about five years ago, um, what year is it? 2017? It's 2017. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Okay. So probably about... Seven years ago, I left um, New York to go study anthropology at Indiana University, 
And when that was all done, I was trying to figure out how I was going to come back. What was I going to be when I came back to New York? Mm-hmm. And I worked for National Geographic for a little bit, and then I was like, I have to come back to New York. Um, and it was really my, my partner, Craig, who helped me realize there are more ways to um, find your power and to uh, be a part of this industry. And that's really ironic because he has nothing to do with this industry. He does not work <laughs> in this industry. Um, but I, he saw that I was doing something because I was good at it, not because it made me feel strong or powerful or, um, or even... I didn't have that fire anymore. Hmm. And so I was struggling because I wanted something so badly but wasn't doing anything to actually get it. Um, and so he's, he said, you need to think about it. And so I did and realized the thing that I loved was, was casting and was helping other people in this industry never feel like they were um, less than or mm-hmm. Like, it was a struggle. I wanted to be the person who created the warmest room in the city where people felt open and free to do their work and felt unjudged and um, excited to be there. And so I set out to make that my mission. You touched upon something that I I just want to emphasize for my listeners. She said that she was doing something because she was good at it Mm. and it wasn't necessarily lighting her fire. Yeah. And I, I just think that's such a key distinction to make for yourself. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I definitely, um, I had been a child actor. I had been performing since before I can remember. Um, and it was the only thing that I felt uh, got me the praise that I wanted. The validation. The validation. Mm-hmm. I didn't know how to get validation in any other way. Right. Um, <clears throat> I knew that... There was a skill there and that people kept giving me opportunities to present that skill. Um, I got into a great school for theater. I, you know, was on that path. And so once you get set on a path, you think that's the thing, that that has to be the thing. And there's this, there's this, this stigma in our industry that if you were an actor and you decide to do something else, you've quit acting. That you failed. That you failed. And I really hate that because there's so many incredibly talented members of our industry who were the only foray they had into this industry as a child, as a, you know, as someone in college at summer camps was being an actor. Right. And it educates you on everything. I'm a better public speaker. I know all the players of this industry because I study these things in school. The knowledge of the American theater, the history of American mm-hmm, theater mm-hmm. is is deep. It runs deep in me. Um, I am nerdtastic about that. Just ask Michael Cassera. Um, <laughs> hey, Michael. Hey, Michael. I hope he's listening. I hope so, too. At an airport. <laughs> um, but, you know, studying theater made me able to do what I do. And being an actor in the city made me great at what I do because I've been that person on the other side of the table. Mm. It allows me to have empathy. It allows me to have understanding. And it also makes me, um, I feel stronger now that I did that. I know the process. And so there was a while where when I decided to do something different, something new, as it were, mm-hmm. <laughs> um, I felt like, oh God, peop- I, I can't say this because people will think I'm a quitter and people will will trash talk me and blah, 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 whatever. Guess what? A, nobody cares. Here's the real truth. Ain't nobody got time for anybody else. Nope. And um, we care about each other and we love each other, but like nobody is going to talk about you and call you a quitter. Right. <laughs> they just don't. Especially if you go someplace else and thrive. Like then they'll talk about you and say, oh my God, look what that person is doing. Mm-hmm. Um, and so... I don't know where we were going to get where that was. Oh, you brought it up. I did. Yeah, that's right. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I just I, I wish there was a world where people uh, where we could get rid of that stigma, where instead of people feeling like quitters and and holding on to something for so long, even when they know it's not right because they don't want to feel like a failure or a quitter. Right. Um, instead, saying, okay, well, what are my skills that I have that I love that I can step into like a place of glory and happiness. Um, and use all the other skills I've acquired to make that place awesome and not feel like a failure because you're not. No. You're allowed to be as many things as you want in this world. There really mm-hmm. aren't any rules. There are no rules. There are no rules. So that was a long journey for me to, to understand that. Yes. As I, a I think, human. I think it's, some, it's a long journey for most of us, I would say. Oh, and I don't think that journey ever ends. Like, no. There are no, still no. days where I'm like, <laughs> I'm a failure, you know, and... and <laughs> I know rationally I'm not, but, yeah. <laughs> but you know. I'm laughing because I recognize that in yeah, myself. Because yeah, because 
14-year-old Kate definitely didn't see her life looking like this. And, like, 30-year-old Kate is feeling it. She's so excited about it. But there are moments where 14-year-old Kate creeps in and she's mm-hmm. like, you should be doing something different. Where's your Tony Award? You know, like... Yeah, I have that little voice, too. Yeah. Like when I see Screw friends cast Kate. Broadway shows and I'm like, like, I'm happy for them, but I also have this other feeling. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I call that other feeling my inner platypus. And yes. Why? <laughs> Why? Because platypus, they're such cute, awkward creatures and they have teeth. Do you know this about platypus? They have, they have sharp teeth. No, I just know Perry the platypus from Phineas and Ferb, which is a animated show on Look Disney. Look who's showing their nerd side now. <laughs> um, and, and they're just awkward and they're made of all sorts of different things and they are um, strange creatures. And when my inner platypus kind of takes over um i feel out of my own vibe it's very strange but yes i call it my inner platypus and when 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 he she it comes out um i don't like it and i want i want it to swim away (laughs) is that strange you don't have an inner platypus i I don't i don't i mean i've got a lot of things someone out there has one some someone's gonna and i can't wait to meet my kindred spirit (laughs) seriously as a former performer yeah you you definitely have kind of an inside edge in casting, um, I would say. Yeah. Would you would you then go as far to say that casting directors that don't have that other side of the table experience... I don't know what my question is. It's not... I mean, I'm just... Don't have an edge because they haven't done yeah, it? Yeah, yeah. No, I mean, I think... I think everything is really personal. Being a casting director, people don't really know what that job is. And I think it's, it's, it is part therapist, part headhunter, part uh, theater nerd, and, or film and TV nerd, whichever side you are, mm-hmm. um, and, and part, um, I, I don't even know what the other part is, all <laughs> things, like office manager, um, director, creative, guru. And it's a lot of things. There are a lot of spreadsheets involved. But here's the thing. Everyone does it differently. It's just like there are different types of stage directors. There are different types of actors. People have different processes. Um, For me, I come from a place of how can I make this the best place for the actor. Um, And that serves the work that I do. And the people who hire me know what they're going to get. Right? Yeah. And, um, you know, to be fair, uh, I, I have not been in this game for a very long time. I am a newbie. I am like fresh out of the casting womb. So I don't I don't have I don't claim to have any authority over the art form of what this is. The people who have been in this industry for 20, 30, 40 years, they, you know, the pioneers, the Jay Binders and the Telsies and these people, they know what a casting director is. I am I am but a wee like morsel of a of a human. But I think everyone has a different approach and some people it's, it's much, it's, it's more aggressive and it's, it's more about getting to, um, to serve the, the creative team. We're always trying to serve the creative team, but I think some people don't want to create a warm space. They want to create a space that is proficient and efficient and, um, gets people in and out. And that depends Mm -hmm. on the projects. I think it's just people have different approaches to, to life and that affects the way that they do their craft and their art and casting is an art. It is a it is a beautiful art form and everyone approaches it with a different technique. Mine is a more Meisner based. Um, <laughs> Some Laban. You know, I love a Rasa box. <laughs> I don't know. It's definitely more touchy-feely. I'm definitely on the touchy-feely gotcha, side of gotcha. that. Gotcha, gotcha. So that, that kind of leads into my next question, which is a few years down the line when you are one of these old established Thank you. That's people. so generous. I can't wait. Um, when people go and see a show that you cast, what about that is going to make that audience member or theater person go, oh, this is clearly Kate cast the show. Like, in a good way. Yeah. Like, what do you, what do you hope love, to see on stage? I love the search for new artists. I... I love so I work a lot with celebrity cruises right now. Okay. Um, they're one of my big clients, and one of the great things about auditioning people for cruise ships is you get to see everybody because a there's no union, right? So right. you get to see it's international waters, so you get to see all these people. And for a long time in the city, cruising has had this kind of um, negative stigma, and that's really changing because our shows are 
unbelievable now. And, you know, who doesn't want to get paid to, like, spend nine months in Greece singing eight shows a week? Um, So it's shifting. But because of that kind of negative stigma that's been there for a long time, we get to see tons of people that you wouldn't ordinarily see it, let's say, in EPA for Wicked, right? Right. Um, So... I love that because my favorite moments are finding these gems who went to a school that nobody's ever heard of, who all of a sudden come out and are singing Aretha Franklin and you're just like, what am I watching? This is amazing. Those are my favorite days. And getting to offer contracts to those people who, you know, would never see something else. And so I think my 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 biggest desire would be um, for someone to look at one of my shows in, in 10 years and say... Um, those are Kate, I know those are Kate actors because she has interesting lists. She brings interesting people into the room. And we're seeing someone we've never seen before. And um, they like each other. This hmm. cast likes each other. And they. I would, I would hope that um, I, I like to create new voices. And I like to create different, diverse-looking groups of people. Um, from different backgrounds and and with different ideologies, and I like to work with new artists across the board. That's that's what I love. Period. That's a good answer. Cool. Thanks. I liked it. It's the only one I got. <laughs> so I'm glad. I'm glad. How are you? I'm good. I'm waking up. It's just you know, it's a bit by bit. Mm-hmm. Putting it together. You can't get away from the little puns, and especially, no. with, like, Move On is a popular one. Um, I bet. There's a lot of hat jokes. So, listeners, I'm talking to Jennifer Sanchez, who was on my podcast my first year? I think I you think were, like, so. episode two. You were episode two. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> and now I'm on episode, we don't. It, we don't, we lost count. That's so amazing, and I'm so happy for you. So congratulations. Thank you. Thank you. I'm happy for you. You are in your umpteenth Broadway show, and appear like last we spoke, you were in Turn Off the Dark. Oh, oh yeah, wow, wow, that was yeah. a long time ago. And now you're appearing in the latest revival of Sunday in the Park with George. Yes, yes. A limited run at the Hudson Theater. Some obvious questions. What's it like working with Jake Gyllenhaal? Well, he's basically my BFF. So what? <laughs> he's wonderful and amazing, and he's doing um, some of the most incredible work. And um, if you can see it, I mean, are you, are you coming? I would love to. I did. I saw the video of him singing, finishing the hat with the orchestra, and, and wasn't I, it gorgeous? <laughs> it was gorgeous. I was yes. so like, I'm not a skeptical person, but I was a little like, all right, I'll believe it when I see it, and and I'm already a believer. So Jake plays George, and Penny Fuller plays the mother, and she is stunning. She's a vision, and I play her caretaker. And I'm so lucky to be paired with her because um, she is so smart and funny and um, she's teaching me a lot of things, you know. I will always go see. I, I was about to say I would go see Sunday in the Park with George at the drop of a hat. But oh, that makes, <laughs> yeah. And there, there come those, those hat jokes. And there it is. Mm-hmm. <laughs> the hat jokes. <laughs> <laughs> uh, All right, moving on, moving on. Moving on, yes. <laughs> oh, good morning, voice. Good morning, voice. Move on. There it is. And everyone should come here, Annalie. Um, sing "Move On" because you oh. will cry buckets. And she is just stunning. She's just a revelation. Steve Sondheim has been there, and James Lapine, the book writer. Yeah. Um, they've been around and involved, and it's been really wonderful. <laughs> So we all kind That's of awesome. Now you worked together. with you worked with Mr. You worked with Mr. Sondheim back on the the West Side Story revival as well, right? Uh, yeah, he he came to um, our cast recording, and he came to another rehearsal. And um, he's just basically always going to make me have more diction, basically. <laughs> That's the note. Definitely, uh, diction note, and um, he actually gave me an amazing note. Uh, in uh, the top of Act 2 and it's hot up here 
Um, yeah. We're all frozen in the painting, you know? Yes. And so we're not supposed to really move much except reaching our lines. But um, the character of the nurse is facing upstage. Uh-huh. So she she has um, these great funny lines, but, um, you know, she's facing upstage, so you don't see her mouth move. You just see the back of my hat. And uh-huh. so he told me, you know, make a little a little movement, just a, you know, something so that we can know who's singing the line, whose line is coming from. And it's it's been the best note, and it's just so much fun. Jen Sanchez, it was so good to catch up with you and to tell my listeners to go check you out and all the fancy people out in Sunday in the Park with George, uh, playing now at the Hudson Theater through April 23rd. I can't wait to see you in the show, and I can't wait to see... Um, you know, what you do next and hear more of your original music and get that out into the world because it absolutely needs to be heard by by more people. Um, by the way, are you... Oh, well, I'll ask you this later. This is like personal stuff. I'm like, by the way, what are your plans? <laughs> We're on a podcast, aren't we? <laughs> yeah, but I'll... Um, we can wrap up and then continue talking if you want. Um, <laughs> I'll text you. <laughs> <laughs> well, um... Well, Jen, it was so good to talk to you. Um, Have a lovely matinee, and then I hope you find uh, an amazing dress tomorrow. Oh, 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 yeah, oh, yeah. Or yeah, right that on or couch. I mean, whichever comes first. I mean, you'll know. Found on Monday. We'll see. (laughs) (laughs) You cast Nevermore. I was I, Michael Casera cast that project. Yes. He was the CD. I was I was his assistant on that project back nice. in the day. So yes. you so you helped cast Lindsay Van Winkle. Yes. Who I know from Oklahoma. What? Like we went to college. Uh, who were you in Oklahoma? No, 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 no. Well, oh, I was. You went well, to Oklahoma. I was. <laughs> <laughs> yes, great. Yes. Yeah, yeah. No, I went to OCU That's and she right. went to UCO. I did do a production of Oklahoma, and I was Will Parker. So when <laughs> yeah, you said Ado Annie the other day, I was day, Ado Annie. Yes. I was like, man, we should do it. Yes, let's let's revive let's that. It's gonna be super weird. It's gonna be awesome. <laughs> Nailing it. Yes, your Kansas City was on point. Yes, it was. Yeah, that was actually a great show. Uh, again, I was just talking about that show the other day with Matt Roden because that's how yeah. I met him. Was in Nevermore auditions. He came oh. in to audition for us for that. Um, that show brought me all sorts of great people and great opportunities. I really dug that show. Other, you know, like my, my only quote unquote complaint was that it was canned. The music was canned. Mm -hmm. I wanted live musicians. Other than that, like stylistically, like, like the aesthetic. It was really special. There was was something very special about it. It was also the first time my name was in a playbill. Oh my God. That's amazing. was very special for me. That was like a very special one. So that's like crazy that. You picked that show. Yeah. That's so weird. <laughs> um, that was a very special moment for me. Um, yeah. It was, you know, it was a really cool audition process, and it was a really beautiful and interesting piece. Um, and uh, that's always an interesting casting process when you are trying to find something for something so stylized mm-hmm. and special. And the text, if you didn't see that show, the text was, it was all poetry. I mean, it was spoken in verse, and the, the music was really quirky and mm-hmm. and um, kind of offbeat, and everything, I mean, it was Edgar Allan Poe, so everything was very dark and the highly stylized. The very stylized, yeah. And so to find actors who can live in that world, and we were also working with the, <laughs> uh, the Canadian cast, and so we were kind of filling in bits and pieces. Right. So we had to find people who could also fit in with actors who had been doing it for a while. Right. It was a really interesting process and clearly again that was that was definitely Michael's show and I I hi Michael hi Michael um I was like the reader for him for half of those appointments and helped him set all of that up but it was really cool to actually to watch him do his work and to get to be a part of it was was really fabulous Very and cool. selfishly seeing my name in a playbill was pretty cool right <laughs> it's <was> pretty cool <laughs> um and the other side of the question we were talking about film and tv yeah what's the I'm sure you get these questions all the time but what's the biggest difference casting for TV versus theater? I think, you know... Because um, I don't know. Yeah. Well, the first thing, whenever any actor is like, I want to be in film and TV, the first thing that I always say is like, do you understand the technical differences between how to act on camera and how to act on set versus how you would act in the theater? And if you don't know like how to take technical direction, I say like, get in a class. You have to go take a class because it is fundamentally 
different. Even just the language that a director will use with you is, is different. Um, but I think like in an audition room, the work that I mostly have done in film and TV, I worked for a network and we did, you know, pilot season, which is nutty. And during pilot season, you'll see 90 people in one day. Um, and it's just boom, 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 boom. And so the thing that you really have to be great at other than just like, you have to look you have to look good on yeah. film and TV. It's, yeah. a, it's a different aesthetic as well. Not to say you don't have to look good to be on Broadway. You do. You will. But from far away. But you, <laughs> come on. From further away. Um, but uh, it's it's smaller. It's more subtle. And it's quicker. The thing that most, like, I find the difference between most stage actors and film and TV actors, the ones that cross over are the ones who are, have the ability to really pick up cues and move quickly. Everyone talks. Gilmore Girls ruined it for everybody. Like, <laughs> everyone has to talk super quickly. And that rapport, it's very obvious when someone hasn't trained in how to do film and TV or isn't just, like, naturally gifted at it because the, they can't do the pickups. There's, mm. um, it, it has to move quickly. And I think in theater, you can kind of simmer a little more. There's more of that, like, juicy simmering moments that you can take. Um, and you just, you can't. Also, knowing where to look. It's, like, very apparent when someone hasn't really studied how to do film and TV because they don't know how to create uh the world in the room that they're auditioning in. You have to mm. know who you're talking to, where you're speaking to them. You don't, you know, you have one reader, but you might be doing a scene with five people and you have to figure out where people are and, yeah, and navigate your, and... yeah. And so that's, I think that's kind of a bigger difference. That also, there's sense. a lot less singing. Yeah. <laughs> Though I, we have, I, mean, I was a part of the Rocky Horror, um, uh, when Fox did Rocky Horror. No yeah. And so we got to see a lot of people sing oh, for us. Oh, wow. Yeah. That was really cool. It was cool to see like Annalie Ashford and just, I was like, in her audition. Stop it. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. Her tongue in that was really good. Honey. It was on point. She's, she's tremendous. Yeah. She is a tremendous human being as I'm well. I'm a huge fan. I yeah. just started, I was re-listening to Legally Blonde, the musical, the other day. Yes. Because we all need a little lift these days. We all need a little in our lives. Legally Blonde, the musical, will do it. Mm-hmm. And I totally forgot she was in it. Yeah, that was her, that was yeah. the, the game changer mm-hmm. for her. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, and she was a baby. She she was like fresh out of Marymount Manhattan. She had left Marymount Manhattan. She really. I'm pretty sure that's true. She went to Marymount and she left. Um, she her she's incredible. Yeah, yeah. She's a big one. Hi, Annalie. Hi, Annalie. I'm pretty sure that's <laughs> true. I hope you. I didn't just rewrite your bio, Annalie. <laughs> <laughs> it's okay. I think I didn't make that up, but like the per- like who the, knows? the person is like primed on Wikipedia, like changing it as you're. <laughs> well, Kate Lumpkin said so. <laughs> God. So we talked about casting. Yeah. We talked about your background as a performer. Mm-hmm. And I would like to move on to this professional fairy godmother business that you've got going on. Yeah. Um, I love that title, first of all. Thank you. Um, who who bestowed you, bestowed that upon you? Um, well, so we were trying to figure out like what it is that I do um, and how, like what to call it and, and all of these things. And, and who's it, the we? Who's? My partner, Craig yeah, and I. Great. Um, well, and like other people, it's, this has been a journey. This has been like a, a I'm, I'm, you can't see this, but I'm grabbing at the air right now. Um, <laughs> it's, it's been a process to figure out with lots of people in my life what it is exactly that I do. And I think that is really the struggle for so many artists is we have lots of these skills. So what is it that we actually do? And we get tied into these boxes, right, of what I am an actor. I am a director. I am a composer. Yep. I do this thing. And, and then we feel like we're not allowed to do other things. And I think the industry also perpetuates that myth. And I realize, like, I don't fit in a box. I don't. I don't. So yeah. we have to create our own titles and um, – I realize that my special, my most special skill is to be able to look at someone and figure out the things that they need that will help them get to where they want to go. And it's that thing of Cinderella, uh, the fairy godmother comes in, waves her wand, and helps her get a dress and gets a carriage. And she gets in the carriage and she goes to the ball and she finds her destiny, right? And she couldn't have done that without a sounding board, without someone to say, let's spruce you up and figure out what you need to be able to do this thing. And so... Um, you know, that it became very apparent that the title is Professional Fairy Godmother. I get paid to come in and help people 
figure out the active things they can be doing to achieve whatever it is that they want to achieve. And sometimes that's as little as like, I will help style them, literally give them the ball gown, honey, and put them in the carriage and send them to Ripley Greer. Um, <laughs> but a lot of the times it's, it's not styling. It's figuring out how to make auditioning fun for them again, how to strip away some of the fear Sometimes it's as simple as saying, like, this is how you sign up for an audition. This is how that is. Or I, people will call me and say, I have a meeting with an agent, and I need to know what that meeting is going to look like because no one has ever taught me how to have that meeting. Yeah. Or, like, I was asked to have a general at a network, and I don't know what a general is. What the heck am I doing? Um, and so I like to be that person who can say, okay, well, that's what this is, and I'll break it down for you, and I'm going to make it so that you're not scared to do your job. Um, and, you know professional fairy godmother is is that it it is exactly that i want you to i want you to be able to get to the ball and find the thing that you're looking for and not be scared because the reason i stopped doing this is because doing this being acting is because i got so scared of everything all the time Hmm. i became fundamentally paralyzed by the thought of auditioning um i Things were changing so fast, and I felt like I couldn't keep up, and I could never master the game, and the game was always changing, and I never felt good enough, and I never felt right, and I never felt appropriately dressed, and I there was always something. My book didn't have a rock song in it. Like, there's always something, and there was no one that I felt comfortable enough asking. I felt like asking a question meant that I was stupid, and if I was stupid, it meant that I couldn't do this job, and so I pretended I knew all the answers. And you didn't want anyone to like know this terrible secret no, that you had questions. because if you know all the answers, right, quote unquote, know all the answers, then you're a professional. The truth is being a professional is being able to say, I don't have all the answers. Let's create a team. I often joke and That's say I'm going to write a book called You Are Not Enough. Um, <laughs> because, truly, because it's you aren't. This is a community-based profession. Uh-huh. And you have to be an, enough of what you are, but you also have to be able to say, I don't know everything. Can someone help me? Uh-huh. And then how can I help them? And um, I, I just think that is so wildly important to find community support and to be able to ask someone and not feel stupid. And so I like to be that person who can do that. And I have a show. Like I, I also want people to be able to have access to that for free and not just pay me you know, to do that. Or, or I have a show every... Um, Sunday night called Office Hours on Facebook Live, and I do it live for an hour every week where I just take questions from anyone in the industry who has them and try to answer them to the best of my ability with the knowledge that I have, knowing, uh, like I said before, I'm yeah. I'm, uh, I'm new to all of this, but not really. I have a lot of answers, and if I don't know something, I'll ask somebody who does, um, and I think I've really found that it's helping people and, and people That's are reaching great. out and saying, this is a great service. And so I'm going to keep providing it as long as I can. That's um, terrific. Yeah. Cause we have to stop being scared to ask for help yeah. in so many aspects of this. If our hearts are hurting, if our heads are hurting, if our wallets are hurting, if we're too scared to try new things, if we're too scared to go to the, an appointment because we think we're not good enough for it. That's not the case. If someone's asking you to be a part of something, it's because they see something in you. So how can you feel most prepared to do the work that you want to do? Yeah. And that's what I try to do. And I have some killer ball gowns, honey. I love a ball gown. So that is also part of my fairy godmother nature. I love it. Yeah. Um, do you find a, in your office hours, do you find there's a commonality like theme-wise? Like people are asked, do you find people are like asking the same questions or like what... Um, I get a lot I guess of questions what gets about asked business cards. <laughs> That's like a random really? question. People ask me a lot about business cards, um, which I think are a very useful tool, by the way. But Yeah, you um, have like playing cards. I do. I have like trading cards of myself. That's awesome. <laughs> so stupid. Um, go to Moo.com. Thanks, Moo. Thanks, Moo. Shout out to Moo. They're going to be a sponsor now. Yeah, I hope so. Me too. You're welcome. Moo. Moo. <laughs> um, yeah, I think one of the things that I talk about a lot, because it comes up in a lot of different questions. I talk about this thing that I've kind of coined the Sutton Foster syndrome, which is this idea that you have to do one thing a lot until someone will give you the opportunity to do something else. I call it Sutton Foster syndrome because, you know, Sutton played a version of Millie for like seven years of her career. Millie was Joe March, was Janet in Thing, um, in Drowsy Chaperone. Like it was until someone was like, hey, do you want to play a dominatrix in a play off Broadway? And she was like, yeah. And she did it. And people were like, oh, you can do other cool things. Mm-hmm. Um, and so... I think that's really true in this industry. 
if you can find the thing that is so uniquely your specific worldview and bring it to the text that people give you the opportunity to read, people are going to see you as that for a while. And you have to do that thing several times before someone is going to give you the opportunity to try something different. And I think that frustrates people. And I think the people who don't get frustrated are the ones who have a very clear and strong point of view. And so a lot of the stuff that I talk about with people is, is how do you find and articulate that clear point of view, that worldview that you have that nobody else does, that makes you special and puts you on a unique list. Um, and then people continue to get hired over and over for that thing, and, and it's great. That's and that's kind thing. of a commonality. People are always like, well, how do, I, how, how do I get seen? Should I be going to all of these things? Should I not? And mm-hmm. it's, it's once you find your own specificity, you can bring that to anything. Right. Um, and you should be bringing it to everything. Your life as a lifestylist and a professional mm-hmm. fairy godmother, um, some things, some, some different aspects that you've listed on your website include brand identity, mm-hmm. career mapping, audition, audition prep, social media storytelling, website design, image consulting, personal shopping. Um, I'm exhausted. Like you, you just do it all. You do it all. I'm so tired. <laughs> I mean, I am so tired. Yes. Well, like I mean, all the time. I'm so tired. Yeah. How do you do it? Diet Coke? Or, Diet Coke. I drink yeah. a lot of coffee. A yeah. lot of iced coffee. Um, I'm an iced coffee drinker as well. Me too. All, yeah. all, all the times day. of the year. All the time. It doesn't matter. Nope. If it's Blizzard, I'm drinking an iced coffee. Yeah. I'm getting an iced mocha. Here's the thing. Like, I love what I do. I My my partner will tell you I stay up till 3.30 in the morning every day working, and then I wake up at 8 and start again. I love what I do. Mm. And um, there's nothing else that I want to do more than create. I want If I die tomorrow... I would want people to say she was kind, she was courageous, and she helped people become the best version of themselves, no matter what it took. And that's literally, that's it. That's what I want to do. So for me, if that means I'm building your website, which I do, um, I'm going to do that for you. If that means that you need someone to help you shop, I want to go with you and, and make you feel confident in what you're wearing. If that means you need to figure out a you know a five-month plan of what artistic directors you're going to make relationships with and what theaters you want to work at and how to talk to people at those theaters to get appointments instead of going to an open call, we're going to make a plan for you. Um, and, you know, it's taken – I have – I pride myself on always trying to continue to learn and um, be open to other people telling me things I don't know so that I can help other people move forward. And and I have great friends who are all professionals in this industry who have so many incredible skills who I'm like, just talk to me. Just tell me things I don't know. Teach me. (laughs) Teach me cool things. And if I'm not working with somebody else, I'm working on myself and um, trying to learn more things to help other people. So like I learned how to build websites myself. Nobody taught me how to do that. I just kind of did it. Yep. Um, and you know, I'm a photographer and I'm also a lifestyle blogger. I do that in my free time. Yes. The, the Hepburn diaries. The Hepburn diaries. Yeah. Yes. Um, which I started a while ago and, and that has taught me a lot about social media as well. Um, how to incorporate an identity that, how to kind of narrow down what it is that you believe in and how you see the world and how to show that on a social media platform, right? How to use that to bring people to you, um, which is really important in this industry now. Whether we like it or not, yes. the reality is you either have to be really good at it or you shouldn't do it at all. There's no reason to be in between <laughs> is how I feel about social media. It's like either be really good at it or walk away because it's a waste of your time otherwise. Like right. go work on your composition or yeah. you know, or your script or your craft don't waste your time milling about on it if you're not going to get something out of it. I get right. free stuff. So that's why I do it. I get clients from it. You know what I mean? So yeah. that I use it as a business tool and I really think that's that's what social media should be. So doing blogging, being a lifestyle blogger has helped me learn, you know, kind of tricks of the trade and tools. Um, and I have great friends also who were the ones who helped me learn how to do that. Um, shout right. out to Shauna Goodgold who really helped me figure out some stuff about social media when I was starting and... Um, you know, people are awesome if you just ask for help. People mm. want to help you be better. Um, and there's nothing more wonderful than someone validating your skills and saying, I can learn from you. So yep. I just like encourage everybody to go out and find someone and say, hey, I value your skills. Will you teach me something? It is the most um, attractive, wonderful gift you can give somebody to say, like, I value your knowledge and want to learn from you. Teach me something. And then mm. teach somebody else. And that's what you're doing. I'm sure trying, man. You're doing great. I'm drinking a lot of iced coffee. <laughs> <laughs> I'm watching could, if, a lot of Sherlock on repeat. Oh, my the- God. 
I love Sherlock. Guys, but... the, the BBC nerd is real inside <laughs> of me. The Doctor Who, literally, my partner in my phone, it just says the Doctor. Nice. <laughs> You're welcome. So very, very that nice. stuff is just on repeat all the time in my house. Aww. How can people find you? People can find me online, um, like at www.kate-lumpkin.com. Um, you can find me on Facebook. Uh, you can find my professional page. Is just search Kate Lumpkin. It pops up. You can find my office hours page. You can find me every fri- Friday night, not Friday night, every <laughs> Sunday night um, doing office hours live. Um, and you can join that conversation, absolutely. You can also find me on Instagram at Kate Lumpkin. Um, and you can keep up with all my shenanigans there. And I'm really available. You can always send an email to katelumpkincasting at gmail.com with any questions that you have. If you want to book a private session with me, you can do that. That Book a private session. <laughs> book a private coaching with me. Um, you it's can getting very after hours. After hours with, with this cold voice that you're hearing with tonight. Kate Lumpkin with and Kate Lumpkin, Joel You've reached the Delilah show. Um, but yeah, you can book a private coaching with me. Just shoot me an email, um, and you can find all sorts of information about my background and what I do and how I do it at kate-lumpkin.com. Awesome. And I follow her on everything. So if you can't find her, find me. <laughs> and search mutual <laughs> and friends. And then look for Kate. <laughs> <laughs> I would like to set up the song now. Great. Is that okay? Yeah. Excellent. So, uh, so I wrote a song for Kate uh, called Bibbidi. And... Um, <laughs> As my listeners know, usually my guests will sing something that I've written that is tailored for them, but is also complimentary or like part of a larger project that I'm also working on. Um, I don't have that right now, which is cool. Um, So I just get to write little songs that my guests inspire um, completely of themselves. So, um, so when she had, when I learned her title was professional fairy godmother, I was like, all right, well, we're going to play with that. And um, so I decided to write a song for a fairy godmother. And yeah, it was fun. I mean, what, um, do you have any input, insight? So it was really fun. I haven't sung in in literally three years except for like karaoke. Um, and so it was a little terrifying, but it was so great because a gift that you gave me is that you really listened to my voice before I sang and you created something that... Um, that felt really organic to who I am and how I sing. And um, so oh, that was you. such a gift that you gave me. Well, that's what I do. Yeah. yeah. And you're really good at it. <laughs> I'm really grateful for it. There's nothing scary about it, but it's, um, it's a great song. And I think you should all sing it in auditions because it's funny and great. And you can play with it and do all sorts of riff-tastic things with it if you want to. So, yeah, you can... so go to Joel's site and buy the song. Yep. Go to the sheet music page. <laughs> go to the sheet music page because it's a really, really great song. And sing it better than I do, okay? I'd really appreciate that. <laughs> <laughs> you sang it awesome you're very generous no you were very collaborative like it's you um it's a treat to work with my guests because they come in willing to play and like those are the only types of people i'm interested in playing with yeah um especially because like these songs are so new like it's it was not even a week old i don't think Mm -mm. like it was a very young song um so that song is still telling me what it's going to be. Mm-hmm. So that's why I bring in smart people like Kate Lumpkin, and I bring in smart accompanists and arrangers like Gillian Berkowitz. She's amazing. A genius. She's unbelievable, guys. I wish you could have watched her work on this. It was incredible to watch her yeah. create. Such a gift. Such a gift. Such She's a, a treasure gift. trove. Yeah. I will work with her forever. Um. So, yeah, so we did that. Um, we're going to play that at the end of the episode. And um, I hope you guys like it. Um, it's also going to be on YouTube. That's um, This is my second guys, year. there's a video. There's a video. <laughs> you can watch her doing this. The magic, you can see it. You can hear it and you can see it. It's going to be awesome. Um, Boy, we'll be sharing that. Um, it's going to be on... That's a... Uh, so I partnered with Broadway World. And oh. the videos are going to be exclusive. Like, the link is going to be exclusively on BroadwayWorld.com for, like... <laughs> what? For, like, a week. You didn't tell me Oh, that. yeah. 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 So it's exclusively Great. on BroadwayWorld.com. Um, it'll be a part of their press release and all that kind of stuff. And then, like, then after a week, um, then it'll go, you know, like, the, I'll change the link from, like, unlisted to public. And then people can just... Like randomly be googling Kate Fairy Godmother song, and hopefully it's the first. <laughs> there thing that comes it'll up. be. There it'll be. Be like, there's Bibbity. 
Um, it was really fun to write, and it was a really fun treat to um, to play with it with you guys, and just also just get to sit back and watch two people kind of go, oh, let's figure this out, and mm-hmm. it's just it's just a very rewarding experience for me. Um, it was also a treat for me to walk in and say, "Do you mind if I option up?" Because <laughs> I'm such I love when someone comes into my room and options up, and I was like, "Listen, if I'm asking women and men to do this for me, I got to do it. I got yeah. I got to prove that." I can. And you did, and it was awesome. <laughs> It was awesome. We optioned <laughs> up a couple of times. We did. Yeah. One time, great. One time, ooh. <laughs> <laughs> One time, you're welcome, friends, in advance. <laughs> oh, it was wonderful. <laughs> really, you. really was. Thanks. Follow me on all things social media, and you can find those links and so much more on joelbnew.com. Uh, follow my guest. She gave you all of her handles. She's on Twitter, Instagram, Pinterest, website, uh, subscribe to rate review this podcast tell your friends all about it I mean we're this is year five y'all um, if you haven't reviewed this show yet or told your friends about it five star rating y'all let's just do it five stars for five years let's do mm-hmm. it like that hashtag it right five, stars for five, five years. years do it um, and then tweet me that you did it and then um, I'll read your reviews on on the show uh, special thanks as always to Gillian Berkowitz for just making my life a dream um, Shetler Studios for hosting us for the song portion of the uh, interview, and uh, Folio Group for their unending support, and Broadway World, of course, and last but not least, Kate Lumpkin. Thank you for being on my show today. Thank you for letting me be here. It really was incredible. It was it was my pleasure and and my treat. So um, on that note, uh, from where are we? <laughs> Hawthorne Park. From Hawthorne Park in New York City, this is Joel B. New. And Kate Lumpkin. Saying thank you for dropping by for something new.